When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley, and today I'm without my Lemon Drops sister, Greer McVeigh. You know, I wanted to chat with you about this topic. We are halfway through the first month of the new year, and there are always lots of discussions about goal setting and resolution setting and whether or not it is advantageous to you to actually set New Year's resolutions. When you get down to the brass tacks of language and the thought of having to have resolve, I can see that there is a lack of efficacy (laughs) that can happen when you are looking to set resolutions, but setting goals is a good way to go or setting intentions for the year. I'm not one who believes that you need to wait until the new year to set resolutions, set goals, or set an intention. You can do those at any time, but there is something sort of special about the turning of the calendar and what feels like a fresh start, right? When you look at the seasons of the year, there is a natural ebb and flow. And so if you are coming out of, you know, winter and the the dark period of the year where daylight is shorter, the days are the days are shorter, the nights are longer, so it's dark longer, right? That and it's cold and you're sort of hunkered down <laughs> when you move into the new year it feels like okay we're we're going to be pulling in the spring soon and light and airy and active so just the the thought of going with the flow of the seasons it makes some sense to me that the new year is an opportunity to look at how you could do things differently in the new year. Again, with that said, there's no reason, absolutely no reason 
that you need to wait until January 1st or Monday or the first month of the first day of a new month to take on anything. Every day is a good day to make any changes that you want to make. So one of the things that you often see is new year, new you. New you, there's nothing wrong with the old you or the young you. <laughs> um, and I've heard it said, it's not so much becoming someone new as it is uncovering who you really are. So who you are has been buried under, depending on how old you are, years of conditioning and you know retreats of you putting yourself out there and getting hurt. And so you have made a habit, quite frankly, of covering over the, who you really are to the point where you may not even know who you are. And the, you know, the goal here on Life Lemons and Lemon Drops is to move away from those things that aren't working for you, finding a better way to step into your future, right? The lemons and then the, the lemon drops, finding the sweetness in life, finding that which makes your soul sing. And so you have to take the time to figure out what that is. And if that means uncovering some things, peeling off layers like an onion or an artichoke, you know, peeling off the layers of things that are not working for you, that are no longer serving you, then that's not a new you. That's just you unleashed. That's you uncovered. That's you stepping out into your greatness. And so on this episode, I want to dig into that a little bit. Doesn't matter when you listen to this for the first time, or if you come back and listen to this multiple times, I hope you do. I actually hope you do come back to this and let it refresh your motivation, your inspiration, your your energy level to make some changes, to go through some transformation and live through the transitions that are necessary for you to live the life that you want. A little too frequently, we are sleepwalking through this thing we called life. You know, we only get one shot. We only get one life. We're, we're only here for the amount of time that we're here. And each of us gets to make a decision about what we do with that. You can play it safe. You can take the easy road. And if that's working for you, I say stick with it. But if you feel like there's something missing, if you don't feel connected to your body, you don't feel connected to your life, the people in your life, your relationships, your job, any of that, you should probably take some time to 
think through what it is you're doing, how you're doing it, and if you want something different than what you have. So I believe it starts with the vision, the vision that you have for your life, the vision that you have for your relationships, for the work that you do, for the people you're connected to, your community, how you give, how you develop and give your gifts and talents away. But that's my vision. That's my thought about how life is supposed to work. What is yours? And you have to stop and work through that. And that requires that you make time to do that. And one of the things, because we are so busy trying to move from day to day, we don't give ourselves time and space to figure out what that is, right? So I'm a believer that our gifts and talents are not solely for our benefit. They are for the benefit of others. And when we take the time to find how we uniquely share those gifts and talents, that's the purpose that we're here for. How will you package up all the things that are you in a way that will benefit someone else? So for me, that, you know, my way of doing that is to help other people do that, which may seem a little weird, but that's where I, I that's where I live. That's, that's what makes my soul sing. That's what makes me soar. And it's something that started when, quite frankly, I was about three years old when Greer came into the world. You know, you know, if you've listened for any amount of time, you know that Greer and I are sisters. I am three years older than her. And so I say that when I became a big sister at the age of three, I, I figured out my life's purpose. I haven't always walked in it. I haven't walked in it well at other times, but that is my purpose, which is to help other people be the fullness of who they are, to be the best that they can be. And that started the first time when Greer came. So I became a big sister. You know, I was a teacher to her, a mentor over life, over time. We have a relationship. It's a give and take. She teaches me. I learn from her. I am inspired by her. But she is the first person that I had that relationship with. And then I worked my way through high school, college, tutoring, teaching, mentoring, and have moved on from there to coaching and consulting, teaching uh, in, at the law school level. And so that is the essence of who I am, someone who has figured out that writing and talking, speaking, sharing my gifts through those mediums, through speaking and writing is what works for me and working with people one-on-one -on -one and in groups. So it starts with you getting in touch with who you are, 
Who are you at your core? And the way you find that out is really simple. You spend some time daydreaming. You dream about the life that you want. You acknowledge where you are, and then you set about making a plan to bridge that gap between where you are and where you want to be. And there are probably as many ways to make that happen as there are people on this planet. You can learn from other people. Success leaves clues. That can help you speed that process along. But ultimately, that journey is yours, yours alone. You can get help on it. That's what I do. That's what coaches do in general. But you have to actually make those decisions and then walk that journey, walk that path. And one of the things that I think is really important, and these are lessons that I've learned from my life, is that you get in touch with the experiences you've had and ask some questions so that you can learn from the experiences in your life. So, The things that I learned from prior relationships have served to help me in my current relationship, my romantic relationship, my marriage. Everyone doesn't learn from their experiences. Choosing to learn is a choice. It can be a habit that you have for yourself. And it's not just about romantic relationships or relationships in general. It, it is about everything you do. So it applies to your work. It applies to who you are in and of yourself, whether you have a dog or don't have a dog, what cars you buy, where you live, all of those things, your life experiences when you choose to sit and ask questions informs who you are, your values, your priorities. And then when you are conscious about those things, then you can use them in the application of how you navigate moving forward. And so getting back to the concept of new year, new you, And study after study that says that New Year's resolutions don't work. But what works is setting goals, setting SMART goals. We come to a place where we have to ask the question, how do, how do I go about doing that? How do I make sure that I am one of the I think the number is somewhere around 8%, 8% of the, the people who set New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals or goals in general, the 8% who are still working on those goals or have successfully mastered those goals or achieved those goals down the line. But wh where I want to 
start or continue this conversation is more about how you actually make the changes that you need to make. And a mindset shift that you need to start with is distinguishing between what's your identity and what are habits that you have. And while I said I wasn't gonna focus on that as a goal, I will use it as an example. So when you're looking at identities and habits, you have to remember that habits are simply automatic conditioned responses. So there's, you know, a trigger and there's a reward and, and this action that happens as part of it. So if you have the habit of putting off doing things until the last minute, that would be the habit of what? Right, procrastination, right? Some people would say, I'm a procrastinator. I am a procrastinator. If you don't know this, I'm gonna share. The I am statement is one of the most powerful statements you can make because when you say I am, it says to, it sends a signal to your brain that this is what is, right? And if you are familiar uh, with the concept of I am and God, I am that which I am, I am, God is, I am. And to speak that is to say that this is the essence of who I am. This is the core of who I am. And so if you say, I am a procrastinator, your brain is constantly figuring out a way to make sure that that is true, that you are in fact a procrastinator, which means that time after time, you are going to find yourself right up against a deadline because your brain is proving that your identity is true. To have it be anything else creates dissonance within you. It creates a conflict. It, it means that you are out of alignment with your values and your identity are out of alignment and that creates angst within you. So instead of the things that you say that you are, instead of saying, I am a procrastinator, I am fat, I am lazy, I am always late. We're going to reframe those. And this is where we're starting. We're going to reframe those as I have the habit of procrastinating. I have the habit of carrying excess weight. I have the habit of showing up late. I have the habit of whatever it is, right? So reframe your identity to things that are a habit so that it separates out those things that you do not want to be, <laughs> right? This is about 
you uncovering, you unlayering or taking off the mask of something that is not you so that you can become more of who you really are and ridding yourself or shedding yourself of habits that are not serving you is the way to go. And so start with identity and habit, which comes from vision, right? What is it that you want? Who do you want to be? Who, Who are you inside that you want to uncover? Who do you want to unleash from within you? Have that vision of the things you want to do, be, and have. Shed the layers of things that are keeping that from happening and then adopt the habits that make that happen. So you are not a procrastinator. You are not always late. You have the habit of those things. You are not an emotional eater. You have the habit of eating when under emotional stress. And so once you accept that things that you have been claiming as a part of who you are are simply habits that you have adopted, right? Your your brain is trying to make your life easier. Your brain wants your life to be easier and wants to protect you. And so habits become a way of doing that. It's efficient and 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 it allows things to be done easily. But just because they're habits doesn't mean that they are working for you. So get a vision, get clear on what it is you want to do, be, and have. Decide what you are currently claiming as your identity that you don't want, see what of that are habits that you can change. And then we'll talk about now how to actually make those changes. And we're gonna talk about two approaches and then we will wrap up. So the the two approaches are one simple, and both of these flow from this concept of the vision that you have for your life. One is to, is sort of a three-step process for setting goals. And I'm going to give you a caveat. Before you start down the path of actually moving towards making the goals happen, you need to make sure that the things that you are looking to achieve are what are called SMART goals, that they are that the goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And what that does for you, again, going back to your brain and how it operates, it it will help you to figure these things out, but it needs to know specifically what you're trying to do. So to say that you want to make more money is not a good goal because if you make $1 more, you have made more money. Is that going to make you happy? Probably not. But 
If you say that you want to make a particular, a specific amount of money, I want to increase my income by $1,000 per month, starting, you know, at the, at the, starting today or by the end of this year, then you give your brain something to work with because your brain is always trying to put you in a, in a good place. And so let, let your brain do its job and you have it for a reason. So let it do its job. Let it figure out these things, but give it the right environments for your creative juices to start to flow. You don't have to figure out how to do a goal that you have. You just need to create the environment that makes it ha happen. And that's where this mindset, that's where visualization comes in. That's where mindset comes in. That's where making the distinction between identity and habit comes in because then it allows you to have your brain doing its creative, its creative work in an environment that is set up for exactly that. So once you've set the goal, it's, it's a smart goal. It's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Once you've done that, then here are the three things that you want to make sure that your goal does in order to be successful. These are, or this is how you want to set up your, the actions that you're gonna be taking in order to make sure that you succeed at your goal. And so the three parts are, you're gonna start small, you're going to bundle and you're gonna make it easy. So if you can do those three things, you are going to improve your chances of success but all of this works together okay so start small let's roll with the let's say let's say you want to run in a 5k you've got a goal of running in a 5k you've set a date I would suggest not only that you set a date, but maybe you sign up for a race, right? You pay the entrance fee, you sign up for a race, you've got a date. Now you've got a very smart goal, right? It's specific. I'm going to run a 5K on such and such a date. Let's set it out three months. So by the end of March, I'm going to run a 5K at the, the um, Nike 5K run, whatever. Smart goal. It's achievable. It's relevant. It's time bound. It's measurable. It's specific. And one of the ways you can tell whether or not a goal is a smart goal is if you can tell it to someone else, if they can figure out whether or not you have actually achieved it, it's got the components of being a smart goal. So, in order to run this 5K, though, you've got to get prepared. If you haven't run or walked further than from your front door to your car or the car to the grocery store in the parking lot, and you're always picking the closest spot to the door, 
then there's probably some work you need to do in order to get ready for this, this, this goal of yours. So start small. On day one, just make your goal simply to get out the front door with your running shoes on. Or get out the door and walk five minutes, right? That's two and a half minutes out and two and a half minutes back or five minutes out, five minutes back. Make it small. Make it something that you can immediately have success on because the science behind this, the more success you have, the more you're actually motivated to keep going and, and you start to build momentum. So get out the door, five minutes out, five minutes back, that's 10 minutes. Even a slow walker in 10 minutes, you can get pretty close to half a mile or walk out and back, walk out 10 minutes back in 10 minutes. You can do close to a mile. I'm not suggesting that you strive for a mile at front at, at first, but you figure it out, you get the point. Start small, figure out what something small is that just gets you going so that you can claim success on that. The second step is to bundle, is simply to add something on. So take a goal, take a habit that you already have that would be leading you to this goal of yours and add something on. So let's say your goal is to the same 5K, do a 5K at the end of March, but you're already walking, you, but you're, you're just out walking. You know, normally you walk every day. Maybe the way you bundle is to, is to run now. So instead of just walking, you run a block. And the next time you run two blocks. And the next time you add on, you run three blocks. And so over time, the bundling or this adding on moves you closer and closer to what you're trying to do, or you add an extra 10 minutes. And then the third one is to make it easy, go easy, right? It's sort of like the start small, go easy. Lay, lay your clothes out, make it like almost impossible for you not to do whatever it is. Park the car at the farthest end of the parking lot instead of the closest end. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Prepackage your smoothie ingredients. You know, I work with writers and these are people who want to be published authors. And so if I took this three-step plan for them, maybe it would be something like this. You want to write a book. So and start small. Maybe you write a guest blog post or you draft a magazine article and submit it, right? or contribute a chapter to a, co a, a collaboration book. You don't have to write the whole book today. And that's one of the things that keeps us from achieving our goals is we're so busy trying to do everything right now. We're trying to do the big thing 
when all we need to do is focus on a bunch of smaller things. So you, you take your larger goal and you break it down into component parts. You start small, you pick something, you bundle it with other habits you already have in place. You add on to something and then make it easy. So for a writer, right? You start small blog posts, magazine article, contribute to a chapter. Maybe the bundling part is you are already writing. Maybe it's for a journal. Maybe it's your journal, right? Or you write as part of your work. Add an extra 10 minutes of writing and write something specifically to the topic that you want to write about. Take something that you're already doing and just add on to it. Or you are, let's say you are a podcaster and you want to write a book. When you're done recording your podcast episode, keep the recorder going and dictate some of what it is you want to write in, a, in, your, in your book. Right. There are all kinds of ways that you can add on to something. And then the last piece of the three-step process is to go easy. Make it easy. I am someone who, you know, it, for example, I write daily in my journal and there are times when I add to that when I'm writing something specific. And when I'm writing something specific, I finish my journal and then I turn to writing whatever it is that I'm, that I'm working on. Or I write that in my journal. I find myself sometimes writing it in my journal and then I will take and transfer that. So it depends on what it is I'm doing and how it is I go about it. But you'll figure out when you have this vision for what it is you want, You've created SMART goals around it. You have broken it up into small component parts, tie in habits that you already have, add on to those, bundle them up, and then make it easy. You know, for the example, for getting ready for the 5K, an easy thing you can do is to lay your clothes out the night before or pack them up and take them with you to work. You know, put, have a gym bag ready to go and then put your, put your clothes on. It's a lot harder to not do something when you're already prepared for it than to not do it when you've got no skin in the game. So new year, new you. You don't need to be a new you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are perfect as you are. The real you is perfect as you are. The you that you're presenting to the world, that's another story. And if you want to continue presenting to the world something that is not really you, that is, that is not fully living, a, an abundant life, a, a fulfilled life, a life of giving, a life of sharing, and a life of love, I would 
challenge you to say that 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 is not the real you. That the real you is those things. That real you is abundant and loving and giving, using your talents and gifts to benefit the world. And, and whether that world is one person, your spouse or significant other, your children, your family, extended family, your friends, your community, your church, or millions of people around the world. Only you get to answer the question of what your world looks like, what your sphere of influence actually looks like, and whether or not you are serving that world. And again, I'm challenging you, if you're not living your life that way, then you are not living your life as your true, abundant, loving, giving self. And you need to start peeling off all of this stuff that's keeping that part, that person, that you from coming through. It's not a new you. It's just, it's the you, you. And you need to make that person the one who's living the life that you're not currently living. So I want to close this with a bit of my story as it relates to this. For way too many years, I was in a work situation that was not working for me. I was deeply unhappy, unsatisfied. I was not enjoying the nature of the work. I wasn't enjoying many of the people that I worked with and or for. I felt like my spirit was being crushed daily. But what I realized was that that was a choice I was making. And initially I was sort of sleepwalking through that choice, right? I didn't realize that I had made that choice until I really stopped to think about what my life was supposed to be about. And it really became obvious after my son passed away that this isn't all there is, whatever that was at the time, right? The, the life that I was living. As I looked around, I was like, is this all there is? And I, maybe you've asked that question too. Is this all there is? Is, is this what life is about? I get up, I go to a job that I'm miserable at, I get my paycheck, I pay my bills, and I do this thing all over again. And I knew that wasn't the answer. Initially, I did not know what the answer was, but I was determined to find out. And part of finding out was about getting quiet. 
it was about sitting in silence. It was about asking questions and waiting for the answers. It was about getting real with myself and facing some hard truths about things I had done and things I hadn't done. And the questions that I hadn't been asking up until that point. And so I started asking those questions and listening for the answer. But the thing is, it's not enough to ask the questions and listen for the answers. You have to take the actions that come along with that. In my world, that's called obedience. You, you get the answers that you're asking for and you don't do anything with them. You might as well not ask the questions at all. And so I had to be obedient to the answers that I was getting, which meant taking action. Some of the actions were easier than others. Going back to school was easy. I like school, I like learning. So that was easy. I found a way to do it ultimately that was even better. Online school was a fabulous, I loved online school. I know it's not quite the same thing when you're forced to do it or you're forced to do it with children. I get it, not quite the same thing, but it was something that I enjoyed doing. A harder ask was leaving my job. And while I wasn't someone who was wrapped up in the identity of being a lawyer and a lobbyist, the perks that came along with it, I was pretty attached to. And, 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 and prestige to a certain extent. There is there some prestige that went along with being a lawyer and a lobbyist, particularly a professional lobbyist in California because there are not a lot of them. At the time I started, there were registered lobbyists, you know, only in the very low four figures. And so being part of an, a, an elite group or a, you know, very small group of people. It, it, it had its prestige, it had its privileges, and, I, and it wasn't necessarily something that I was looking to give up. But I had to make a decision, I had to make a choice. Was what I was getting out of that life what I really wanted. And the things that I was getting out of it, was there another way to get it? Was there another way to get whatever the benefits were, whatever I thought I was going to lose? And, and some of that was autonomy, flexibility. And I was afraid to leave the job I had to go to another job 
thinking that it might be the way it was where I was. And if I was going to leave one job and go to another and the, the environment was going to be the same, what would be the point? And it was at that point that I made some choices that involved going back to school and wanting to do something to change the way we do leadership, which was a huge part of why I was unhappy where I was. But those were choices that I had to make and actions that had to follow to make that happen. And so I did exactly the process that I've laid out here for you today with the visions and question asking and what did I want my life to look like and who did I want in my life? How do I want to spend my time? How do I want to spend when I'm working? What do I want my work to look like, feel like? Who do I want to help? How do I want to impact the world? How, whatever the, that world was, whatever my sphere of influence was, how did I want to walk and impact that world? And then I had to start small. I, I couldn't jump to the end. I had to start small. I had to bundle habits, the things that I was doing when I went back to school, finding time to study, how to, you know, managing my, my time in a way that allowed me to be the student that I wanted to be. And how did I add on or bundle habits that I had tapping into successes that I'd had previously in my life? How did I make it easier on myself in terms of maintaining my health and my relationships, making time for, you know, to, to do the schoolwork while still working? It required that I take the time to think those things through. I said I was going to give you two. <laughs> I just remembered. I said I would give you two approaches to this concept of achieving your goals. The other is to write a new story. So there was a three-step process of starting small, bundling, and going easy. And the other is rewriting your story. And that comes out of the way I see it, out of the vision casting, the visualization, and understanding where I was, You'll do that where you are. What, what's your existing story? What are the things that you are saying over and over again that keep you from reaching the goals that you have? You know, for me, it the story I kept telling myself was that I'm never going to find another job that would allow me the flexibility I had in the job that I was in. And the one good thing that was about that situation is that 
I had worked myself to a place where I had great autonomy and flexibility. I was trusted in my work. I was left alone for the most part. And so the story I kept telling me that kept me from moving away from that, the habit that I had was to repeat this story that I won't be able to get this somewhere else, or I have to start at the beginning and I'd have to you know, start all over again and work my way to that place, which may or may not have been true. And I had a coach who actually challenged me on whether or not that was true. But it was a story I kept telling myself. And therefore, my story became I was stuck where I was. And then there came a time when I realized I didn't really want to work for anybody else anyway. And so I could create the work situation that I want, doing the things that I want, when I want, with whom I want and get paid very well for doing it and enjoy what I was doing each and every day. That was the new story that I wrote. That, that was how I was going to live the life that I wanted to, was to acknowledge what the old story was, rewrite that story, then take the actions that it takes to make that happen. And as you sit more and more in the new story, in the visualization of the life that you want, connected to, and I hadn't mentioned this before, but connected to a why, what is your reason for wanting all that you want? What is the, what is the essence of, why you want those things. Once you get to that point, it's really kind of difficult not to have what you want happen because that's what you're focused on. When what you want is vague, ambiguous, fleeting, you're not connected to it, you are not feeling it, it becomes more difficult to get. And therefore the habits that you need to do to develop, to be who you want to be, right? Which is another question you should ask. The things that you want, who do you need to be to have those things? Who do you need to be to do those things, right? To make a leap from someone who is broke and in debt to being a millionaire, it's a big jump. Not impossible, but it's a big jump. And it explains why lottery winners who were poor, and not so much broke, but poor in mentality, not even necessarily financially, you know, not necessarily not even having money. People who have money could be poor because it's a mindset. Broke is a whole other thing, right? Broke is not having money. Poor is a mindset. And so to go from being poor to being rich or wealthy, one, what does that mean? Can you articulate that in smart terms, right? 
how do, how do you, and then the stretch, the distance between the two without the appropriate mindset shifts will land you right back where you started. So new you, new, new year, new you. So it, it's up to you. Remember, you don't, you don't actually need to be a, a new you. You just need to be the you, you. Figure out who that is. Make a plan to make that happen. Use the tools, the strategies that I've outlined here. And I will include them in the show notes. And I would love to hear from you how you implement what you've heard and how it's helping you to change either who you are, how you see yourself, what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, what you're acquiring, whatever it is that you're setting out to do. I would love to hear from you. And would love to have you share the things that you learned on the journey, because ultimately that's the purpose of the journey is to learn from it, grow from it, share it so other people can do the same. So I missed Greer today, but she is otherwise uh, engaged in uh, activities for her business. And so I want to thank you for being a Life Lemons and Lemon Drops listener. And let me know if I can be of service to you as you continue your life journey. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 